Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's good, everybody? Welcome in to the Early Edge and our Wild Card Weekend NFL Mega Preview. We are powered, as always, by the almighty sports line, the best value in all sports betting, and it's not even close. Six games spread across three days. Chiefs, Eagles, they will have the bye. They are the respective number one seeds in the AFC and the NFC. Let's bring in the stars of the show. They've been here every single Tuesday for the entire season. They are the OGs and the best NFL handicappers in America. First and foremost, so many games to look forward to. First and foremost, live from Nashville, Tennessee, the penthouse level. M squared, welcome to the playoffs. Yes, welcome to the playoffs indeed. Happy to be here. I'm glad we got all of us on here to kick this off as well. You know, it's fun when we have anyone on the show, but it's always really fun to get the insight from everybody. So can't wait to hear everybody's thoughts on all these games, especially the Tampa Bay-Dallas game. Uh, A lot of people didn't like that being the Monday night game. I think it's the perfect Monday night game. Uh, So happy to hear everybody else's thoughts on it. I I love the fact that the NFL put it on a Monday night. Next, he runs everything. The NFL is sports time for us. He is the stoic one. RJ White, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm obviously looking forward to the Bills game, hoping my Bills advance. We had the number one seed taken from us with very unfortunate circumstances. Can't knock, I'm not complaining about it. It is what it is. But um, hopefully they can translate that into an inspired run for their first Super Bowl win, fingers crossed. And a reminder, if it is the Chiefs and the Bills in the AFC Championship, it will be played at a neutral site that we do not know what that site would be yet. Finally, he is the OG of OGs. He's been here since day freaking one. And I don't know that anybody loves the NFL more than this man. Maestro, good afternoon. Good afternoon, guys. So much going on. Even today, we're seeing a big move on the Dolphins right now. The word is that maybe Tua gets cleared. Maybe he starts. That's the only reason why you can see this line going from over the 10. And now we're seeing nines in the marketplace. If it's Bridgewater, it's got to be 10. If it's Thompson, it's got to be, you know, two touchdowns. Very interesting, but no word. I have not seen one word officially about it. Wait a minute. You don't think the line, the line can move two points that way with Skylar Thompson? as a, what, what? You're crazy, Maestro. That's crazy talk. Crazy talk. All right. We only got six games to talk about, so all three of these incredible NFL minds get to speak on each one. Let's start with Saturday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. A lot of people think that this should be the favorite coming out of the NFC, but it's hard to do that when you've got a rookie quarterback 
that every single week he just seems to get the job done. I'm talking about Brock Purdy. We've got two best bets in this one. The 49ers currently laying nine and a half. The total sitting at 42 and a half. RJ, let's start with you. The Seahawks, they just got into the playoffs by winning in overtime, and then they had to sweat it out all the way to the end. And I would hope that they send a big old nice fat check or gift or something to the Detroit Lions. But what do you make of this matchup? I would really love to see the Lions in this matchup instead of the Seahawks, considering how they played on Sunday night with nothing on the line. I think they would have been a much tougher out than the Seahawks are going to be in this game. I like San Francisco as a best bet at minus nine and a half. This line was only minus three at uh, when San Francisco was playing in Seattle for Thursday night football in week 15. So this is a pretty massive adjustment, um, even when you flip for home field. But that's because we didn't know about Purdy. We were, Purdy was on short rest in that game, um, a short preparation. We didn't know going. It was his first start on the road. We didn't know how he'd respond. He's been great. San Francisco won that game 21. 13, but they've scored at least 33 points in every other game Purdy has played in, and that includes the one where he had to fill in for, for Jimmy G right after that injury. Um, and he's coming off dominating Tampa Bay in that game, uh, going into that Seattle game. But, you know, that uncertainty, I think, is, is over now. Everybody believes. I don't know if he's a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, but everybody believes he, he can get it done. Uh, but he might not have to do too much. Seattle's weak at defending the run, and Shanahan, you know, is going to love exploiting that. The San Francisco defense, we were looking for them to bounce back last week after getting rolled by Jarrett Stidham, and they did. They gave up a long touch down at the start of the game and then basically nothing after that. Um, so this line has come down a little bit. It was 10. Dogs have 10 plus points in the wild card round or two and nine against the spread all time. But the two wins were both at home in, with bad divisional winners, you know, in those games and 0 and 9 on the road. So if this game is at 10, I mean, it, it's a pretty clear sign San Francisco's going to cover. And if you if you move the slider down and take it at a nine point favorite instead of a 10 point favorite, it doesn't change too much. I believe there was one cover on the road for a nine point favorite. It was literally like the first wild card game that that had that big of a spread back in the 80s or whenever it was. Well, I got to tell you, it, it's watching Geno Smith at times this year, and when things start to snowball, he starts to play very badly at times. So this feels like it could be that way. Now, Mikey, let me come to you, because last week it was a little bit of a sweat at the end, but you did a really smart thing by putting three teams that needed to win together in a money line parlay that cashed for all of us. Now, this week, are you going to do kind of the same thing? Yes, we're definitely doing the same thing. We're going to start it off with the 49ers money line. I uh, got two others we're going to pair with it. We'll get to that later in the show. As far as the game, I'm fine if you want to lay San Francisco minus nine and a half as well. I like it. Um, the Seattle team, look, they, they've limped into the finish line here. A little bit like TCU, great story. Geno Smith, one of the best stories in the NFL in a long time. He caught his incentives. It's been an incredible ride. But they lost five of eight games down the stretch, two of the wins against the Rams that had really nothing to play for, and it shows where they're kind of at as a team. Uh, this is a really tough matchup. I make the 49ers the best team in the NFC. I personally think the 49ers are winning the Super Bowl over the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I, I think it's a massive, massive mismatch. Seattle's incredibly fortunate to be in this game. The other thing that I like about this year, we never want to talk about injuries, but injuries happen. Even just imagining the scenario where San Francisco lost Purdy, I'm pretty confident this 49ers team could run Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel in a wildcat formation and still win this football game. That's how dominant they're going to be running the football against the Seattle front uh, and still massive coaching edge on the San Francisco side. So my favorite way to play it is going to be in a money line parlay. Um, I don't mind finding alts. It looks like we're seeing a little movement down to nine and a half. Now I see no scenario that it goes any further 
if for some crazy reason it gets to eight and a half, uh, you've got your ideal teaser leg that you can compare with potentially that game on Monday night. Two great ways to bet this game spread and the money line. But Maestro in the chat, they're asking, what about the team total, which is still right under 28 at 27? Would you think that the 49ers, who their offense has been pretty good, scored 38 last Sunday? Would you like to attack it that way? Sure, I'd like to attack the Niners any way possible, and I'm really upset that I laid 10 because I thought this would only go up. Uh, Jordan Brooks, the leading tackler for the Seahawks, he's out again, of course. Ryan Neal, one of their best safeties, could come back, but they they can't stop the run, and that's what the 49ers are going to do. The Seahawks give up five yards to carry. You know, Brock Purdy had a 117 passer rating in Seattle, his first road start. He didn't have Debo Samuel. What's he going to do at home? This offense number one in EPA per play, and the defense, number one in EPA per play since week eight. That's how dominant the 49ers have been. Uh, you know, the Seahawks are going to have to have turnovers. They're going to have to have luck. They're going to have to have a lot of things go their way to just to stay within the number. Mikey, let me ask you this real quick, because this may be a live bet scenario, but they're asking about the total in the chat. In the playoffs, do you have a, a, a theory on betting totals when it really is all about just winning the game? Uh, I mean, I typically lean to unders more than anything. Uh, things kind of tighten up a little bit. Uh, I think that on the San Francisco side, again, there's no desire to go out and just absolutely dominate, in my opinion, at least late in the game. So if I'm looking at anything, it would be unders. Uh, but I typically like to isolate team total unders. Um, like last night, TCU game and cuts again, college game, but same kind of thing. When we have big mismatches like this, I typically like to isolate one side and not necessarily the game total itself. So if I was looking at totals here, uh, it would be focusing on Seattle's team total under. All right. Very, very good. All right. That's game number one. That is on Saturday. Again, there's two Saturday. There are three on Sunday and then one on Monday. Yes, Maestro. Christian McCaffrey has faced the Seahawks three times in his career and is averaging over 180 yards from scrimmage in those games. That is the best that he has against any other team. Man, 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 man. And you know he's going to be fired up. He's like, what is this? Oh, they call this the playoffs? Oh, it's kind of nice to be here, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Carolina. Oh, so long ago. All right, game number two on Saturday, and I'm personally looking forward to this one. If I, if I said to you the one that I think – could be the most hyped boy what do you think is going to be how good was the atmosphere last week in jacksonville how good is it going to be this week in jacksonville this is basically a pick them down and the total sitting at 47 and a half as a brand we do not have a best bet but maestro let me start with you the jags almost i think should have the advantage because last week the playoffs started for them they had to win to get in do you think that was an advantage well, it will be an advantage if Trevor Lawrence can play a little bit better. I mean, he was missing wide open guys. They, you know, I love him, but they kind of won despite him. The defense won that game, but the money has come in on the Jags. I mean, we saw this open as high as two and a half. Now we're looking at a pick them. The good news for the Chargers and the reason I would lean their way is, you know, Mike Williams, uh, Bosa and Kenneth Murray all left that game with injuries where they shouldn't have even been playing, but the reports are all good. All three will be out there for the Chargers. I mean, I just I have to trust Justin Herbert a little bit more than Trevor Lawrence in this spot. Yeah, RJ, it did feel like uh, Trevor was very nervous, you know, missing Zay Jones like four feet over his head, wide open the end zone. Um, 
based off of what you saw from Trevor Lawrence, how are you handicapping this game? Well, I mean, it's not like he hasn't played big games in his career. We know his career at college. He, he's, you know, kind of built for this. Why he's the number one pick. And so, yeah, he had the jitters there. Um, it, you know, went against him a little bit. They won the game anyway. I think that's a little bit out of his system now. Um, I held off making the pick. I like, I'm leaning to the Jacksonville side. I held off hoping I can get a little bit better number. And now it's come down to pick him. So that didn't work well for me there. Jacksonville with five straight wins to make the playoffs. And they got a tough win against a great coach. I know the situation was kind of bad. There were Tennessee starting Josh Dobbs. But as you see, Mike Rabel is a tough out no matter what. And Jacksonville middle stable to get that win with their defense um surprisingly enough um chargers would be on a similar five straight win run if they didn't lose a meaningless game last week even though they played everyone so it's not like they just punted the game um they tried to win the game and they they were losing toward the end i think they subbed out herbert late in the game but still um you know jacksonville destroyed the chargers in la but that was that week three game off a big chargers injury game including herbert was banged up so i don't know how much we could take from that so the chargers are considered much better than jacksonville with this line they have just one win against a winning team and that came against Miami who isn't that much of a winning team you know they barely made the playoffs in Jacksonville we know they're willing to commit to the run we've seen the game plan last week even though Tennessee you want to throw all over them they kept handing the ball off on first down and and getting one yard um, but that'll work against the Chargers we know that they're terrible defending the run Denver had 205 rush yards last week and if if the Jaguars can stomach anything close to that. You know, they're going to win this game and Jacksonville's pass D is on a strong run, but they did play some bad quarterbacks. This is a huge step up. If Herbert has all his weapons and is playing well, the one thing I will note that is if this does close as Jacksonville as a dog home dogs of less than three in the wildcard run are eight and one against the spread while home dogs of three, three and a half or more of a toss up. So these short dogs tend to typically come through if they're at home. That's something to think about once we get to the last game of the slate here too. Oh, that is a great Chick-fil-A nugget. And Mikey, as I come to you, let's kind of hit on the Chargers side because right now when you're a quarterback that people think you have all pro ability, at some point you got to show it in the playoffs. And this is that time. Everybody said before the season, maybe the Chargers could be the team that comes out of the AFC as the biggest surprise this season. They haven't done that, but what do you make of them heading into this game with Jacksonville? Yeah, this one is it's a fascinating game uh, from every which angle. I am on the Chargers side of this game. I haven't played it yet. I'm going to most likely on Saturday. Um, I, I think we're going to continue to see some buying on the Jacksonville side. Again, another great story. Um, really pretty well coached team. Trevor Lawrence did not impress me in that game against Tennessee. Uh, they were questionable to win that game at certain points of it. It was very fortunate they got to face Josh Dobbs and the team overall that they were any other relative team in the AFC, like even say they were playing Pittsburgh in that game for that chance, Pittsburgh beats them in that game. Um, just similar things like that. I, I don't think that they're quite ready for this moment. I like the weapons a ton on the uh, Chargers side. It looks like Mike Williams has avoided serious injury. He's going to be out there. He's such a massive threat, but what it's really about for me is Jacksonville. Again, they caught a break playing Tennessee. They're really vulnerable in the passing game. One of the bottom five teams in the league. This Chargers offense, we know what they want to do. They want to pass the football with Justin Herbert. Um, so really what RJ said is what it's going to come down to. If Jacksonville commits to running the football, they're going to have enough success to move the ball and at least put three points on the board most possessions. Um Hopefully they can convert them into touchdowns. If they're able to do that, they'll probably be able to sneak away with the win. I think the Chargers are the better team. We've knocked the Chargers defense a lot throughout the year. However, since about week eight, week nine, they've been one of the best pass defenses in the league. Um, 
we think Lawrence is still going to want to throw. Again, I was very unimpressed with what he put on uh, film last week in that game. Hopefully he can handle the moment a little better this time around for Jags fans, but I'm going to be on the other side here. I like the Chargers. All right. And the winner of this game, in all likelihood, in all likelihood, will play the Kansas City Chiefs in the divisional round. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, let's move on to Sunday. Yes, Maestro. Yeah, no, I just wanted to reiterate what RJ was talking about, how bad the Chargers are against the run, and this is what has kept me off the game so far. 5.4 yards per carry allowed, and Travis Etienne, you know, got totally shut down by the Titans, but if you look at his games this season, when he faces a bad rush defense like the Giants, he goes off. You know, when he faces one of those elite defenses, he can get bottled up. Well, this is a bottom-tier rush defense, and if they're smart, they'll give him the ball 20-plus times because, like Mikey said, that Chargers pass defense, and when you got Bosa and Mack both healthy in that pass rush, you want to keep Trevor Lawrence out of dangerous, you know, pass-to-throw situations. You wonder how patient they will be, and having Doug Peterson helps a lot because in the playoffs, teams have a tendency to try to get ahead of themselves because they try to win the game in the first quarter. We'll see how patient they are. But that's a great, great thing to look for. All right. Game number one on Sunday. And I got to tell you, the Dolphins, to say they limped into the playoffs, gentlemen, that would be an understatement. Winning 9-6 on a – or excuse me, 11-6. I know there are a lot of people that lost on that last safety. Brutal. So the Bills are laying 9.5. This was up at 11 at one point. It's coming down. Total 46. And Meister already said it's probably because the two of them might be – behind-the-scenes clearing protocols. We'll see. But, Mikey, I'm coming to you first because this is one of your legs of your money line parlay. Tell me why. Yeah, I mean, for them, one, the, the Bills are the better team. They get to play this game at home. We have all the uncertainty on the quarterback side with Miami. Definitely a team that's limped into the playoffs here at this point. Uh, I, I like Buffalo. It's going to be obviously a very heavy emotional spot once again for them. And uh, it's a perfect money line leg uh, in a parlay. It'll be very interesting to watch the line movement. I think if Tua is ruled in and plays this thing, you know, we're looking at a game that closes at seven. Um, I would be all over the bills still at that point. I, I know that Tua is obviously an upgrade from Teddy or Skylar Thompson. However, I would question how fresh he's going to be if he's able to come back at this point. Um, it's not the best situation to get thrown back into. So I, I like the Bills to roll here. I think we're headed straight for a Kansas City-Buffalo uh, AFC title game. Yeah, it certainly does feel that way. And RJ, I'm coming to you because I, I, I kind of said this scenario on one of our shows yesterday. And I feel like the Dolphins are going to be playing against a monsoon of emotion because DeMar Hamlin is back in Buffalo. 
He's out of the hospital, which is unbelievably good news. Now, that's all we know. But can you imagine a scenario where the doctors clear him to come to the stadium and lead the team out on Sunday? Whoa. What would that be like? Yeah, I think you want to save that for that Bengals game uh, next week. The thing we think about next there week, and especially, you know, he's still, you know, under treatment there. So yeah. would be very emotional. We saw how emotional they were in that Patriots game. Um, they didn't, they won the, they won that game by 12, but they didn't really win that game by 12. They had two kickoff return touchdowns. Ama- amazing moment opening that game with a kick return touchdown. But that's obviously not a repeatable event you can bank on when you move forward. Um, they did have three turnovers on offense in that game as well. So they didn't play as well as the final score indicates offensively or really defensively as my point in this game. Miami did play Buffalo t- tough twice, surprised him with the run game the last time. We'll see if they can do that again, but Raheem Mo- uh, Mostert uh, is suffering an injury too, so he's not going to be available. So this might be Jeff Wilson's season here. And Miami's defense showed up in a big way when it needed to against the Jets. I know I know it's Joe Flacco or whatever, but um, he had some success early in the season running that offense, and Miami's defense shut them down completely. Um, but playing Joe Flacco versus playing jo- Josh Allen is about as big a leap <laughs> as you can get, obviously. So the injury report for Miami is, looks like it's pushing this line down. We'll see if if, if uh, Tua plays, if Teddy plays, I think 10 is around the right number. Um, if Tua plays the injury thing, when players are coming back from long-term injuries, you know, you don't, you want to say they're not going to be hundred percent concussions, a little different. You, you have to get cleared. And it's not like you're, you know, favoring a leg or anything. It's just, hopefully he doesn't hit his head on the back of the ground again. Cause I, I don't know how they play him again this season, considering what, how, how the, his injuries have been, been handled so far. So we'll see if he is clear, but if he is cleared, I'm not really that worried about his health. You know, it's just, is he going to take another, bad hit like that um but but injury wise he should be be all there and be fine um buffalo does have the pass defense to slow down miami's offense no matter who's at quarterback and i don't think that same thing is true for miami their their game last week notwithstanding so i do want to be on the buffalo side here but hopefully we do get a better number if the the news toward to it continues to trend pretty well and this line comes down and the thing about it rj and maestro i'm coming to you now is that even when two is playing the last few games when they started going on this losing streak he wasn't playing well at all and you wonder what was happening. So maybe for betters for the Bills should hope that Tua comes back and plays and brings the number down because he wasn't playing that good before anyway. Your thoughts? Well, there was that game against the Packers where the suspicion was that he suffered a concussion during the game, and then he threw three picks uh, against the Packers, and the Packers got on that roll, and maybe Tua wasn't himself in that game. But if you look at the numbers, they're stark. You know, they average about 26 points a game with Tua in the lineup. They covered both times against the Bills with Tua. 32-29 is what they lost in Buffalo, and they catch a break because the weather is really not bad. We're looking at about a 30-degree forecast doesn't look like snow it's the wind chills are like 28 i mean 25 that's not nearly as bad as it could have been for the dolphins uh that said i'm like rj i want to be on the bill side i would love to be on the bill side against teddy or uh, or thompson but teddy you know at 10 or less i would love it because i don't think he's going to be you know accurate with the dislocated finger and you know they're just a different team without tua there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. And again, we'll be here at noon Eastern time on Sunday to break down this game and all three games here on the Early Edge Live. All right, a rematch at 4.30 Eastern time in Minnesota, the friendly confines. The Giants traveling to the Vikings. Vikings laying three currently, 48 and a half. Maestro, let's start with you because when you have a rematch, who do you think that gives the advantage to? 
You know, this is an interesting one because I want to be on the Giants, but here's the thing. I mean, this game closed four and a half just a few weeks ago. Uh, the Giants covered uh, the, the Vikings, you know, won on a 61-yard field goal at the buzzer. It was basically an even game. Daniel Jones looked really good as a passer against, you know, probably the worst pass defense or one of the worst pass defenses in the league. So you want to be on the Giants, but now it's down to three as opposed to four and a half. That's a totally different story. And per Clev TA uh, on Twitter, first-time starters in the playoffs, which is Daniel Jones, against uh, a guy who's been in the playoffs, which is Kirk Cousins, 14-35-1 against the number. But all of that said, I trust Brian Dayball more than I would Kevin O'Connell. So, yeah, I'm still struggling with this one. The pressure is real. And, Mikey, let me come to you. When you got these new quarterbacks, then you got Kirk Cousins that you never know from week to week how he is going to play – when you're handicapping, who do you give more weight to? Yeah, I'm going to lean towards the home team as Minnesota does have one of the better home field advantages uh, in the NFL. So if I had to play the game, that's where it's going to be. Um, I'm going to lean on the side that has a few more of the talented skill position players to bail you out uh, with big plays, that being Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, and TJ Hawkinson to some extent. So I'm going to lean that way. Uh, if you maybe play this game right now, again, I haven't played it yet. Uh, I would lean towards the under as well. I, I know it's a spot that potentially screams over. However, both teams could have a little success running the football as well. Um, I think the number is just a touch too high uh, for a playoff game here. I think this number should be 46 and a half, 47. I don't think it deserves to be 48, 48 and a half, 49, uh, where it was at one point. So I'll lean under pretty heavily on this one. All right, RJ, where are you leaning on this rematch? Yeah, I like the Giants side. I mean, these teams just played to a near draw in week 16. And then, like Larry said, Minnesota needed a 61-yard field goal to win it. If it goes to overtime, who wins that game? And the line was four and a half there because the Giants wasn't sure whether they could take advantage of Minnesota's bad pass defense because they typically don't throw the ball. I mean, they had a, such a long run of games where they didn't even have 200 pass yards. And then they went out in that game and top 300 because they have a great offensive mind and Brian Dayball calling the shots. And he is able to scheme up stuff with, with Hodgins and Richie James and Slayton. I mean, you know, the, the cast of characters they have there and they're getting it done with those guys. Um, the giant starters got a bye week to get healthy, get rested. Minnesota did not. They played their starters most of that game. Um, Giants offense typically run focused, but they, they've showed that they can handle a, a pass defense like this. Their defense is also fifth in on third down and fifth in the red zone. So in these situational spots, they can limit Minnesota to field goal tries and keep this one close again. And so with that coaching advantage, being able to manufacture points with Brian Dayball and the Vikings just don't, you know, blow out anyone. They, they, they are a negative point differential despite their record. I think this is a one score game, probably a field goal game. And Minnesota finally loses one of those. I think the giants win the game. I like it a plus three. I'm not saying lock it in right now because I do think this was juiced to the giants at on three at minus minus one twenty on Monday. And it's come to, come toward the Vikings. And if people want to push this up to three and a half, I think that's when you jump in on the giants. Oh, you're damn right you do. That front four has been the reason the Giants have pushed their way into the playoffs. And in the playoffs, you got a good front four. It's a great way to start. Maestro, go. Yeah, I just want to chime in because RJ is right. That rest is going to help Leonard Williams, who's the main key to stopping the run, and Ojolari. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing him right, but he's their best pass rusher. Both those guys were rested and should be ready to go for Minnesota. All right, ready to go. Ready to go is exactly what we're going to be when we get to 8.15 on Sunday night. Remember the, the years of just having two on Saturday, two on Sunday? But, oh, those years, they're way gone. Now, this game, a rematch from last Sunday, 
Cincinnati, a lot of people think they're playing the best football of anybody in the AFC, certainly. They're laying six and a half, total 42. And we don't even know who's going to be starting at quarterback, Mikey, for the Ravens. So how is this number under seven? Talk to me. Yeah, it's under seven briefly. Uh, It's moving to seven right now. I think it's going to be above seven uh, before long. I I don't expect Lamar to play in this game, even if he does. I still like the Bengals side of it quite a bit. I've included them in the Moneyline Parlay. This is the final leg of it. It's going to be the 49ers, Bills, Bengals, minus 102 currently. Thank you to some of the speculation on Miami, which brought that Buffalo money line down. Uh, you're getting this minus 102 now. It is going to be my, it was minus 125 earlier, probably closes around minus 125, minus 130. I've locked in most of my position on it now. I will bet it again before the games start, depending on where the markets move. But that's my play, that three leg money, money line parlay. Uh, as far as this game here, though, I think that what we can do is start to look at some of the line movement that we've seen. Uh, it's starting to indicate that we don't think Lamar is going to play in this game. Uh, we've watched the total in this thing drop a point and a half to two full points in some spots. Uh, we're starting to see the six, six and a half disappear. It's going to be seven, potentially seven and a half before long. Um, if Lamar doesn't play, I think this thing closes at minus eight minimum. I think it could, depending on who starts for the Ravens, uh, close all the way up to nine and a half. I make the game 10 uh, at this point. If you want to lay the six and a half, seven, if you can find it, I'm okay with it. Uh, but all I've played so far this week is going to be that money line parlay. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> 9 over 8. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Maestro, let me come to you because if what Mikey is saying is true, then we should jump on the Bengals today, which is the whole reason we do this show today. Yes? Well, it's seven everywhere right now. So, you should, you know, it's hard to play it right now, but it, it could still go up. I'm assuming Huntley is going to be the starter. Uh, I think there's not been any indication that Lamar Jackson is going to practice and all of a sudden play. You know, it just that seems to be the tenor coming out of Baltimore. And but I got to say, there's some reasons for me while I will want to be on Baltimore, even with Huntley, as long as I can get over a touchdown. The, the Bengals lost another starting offensive lineman, Kappa. They're basically their starting right side is gone now with Lael Collins and Alex Kappa out. Uh, and that happened just last week. And you have a Ravens defense that has been almost uh, the best in football since they got Roquan Smith. Um, And you look at Joe Burrow, his two worst games this season, other than game one against the Steelers, he was coming back from the surgery. He wasn't right. He threw those picks. Other than that, his two worst games this season in terms of passer rating 
the Baltimore Ravens uh, in week 18. And way back when the Ravens rested Zeitler, they rested Andrews, they rested Dobbins. They weren't going to show anything. And yet they still were fairly competitive. 27-16 in Cincinnati. A lot of bad blood, a lot of accusations of dirty tactics, a rivalry game in the division. If I can get over a touchdown with Huntley, and I know that offense was not good down the stretch, but I would take it and look for something like 23-17. Now, I know we don't recommend buying points a lot, but buying a half a point is only minus, is only minus 130 right now, Maestro. Why wouldn't we do that? You're saying to buy it under a touchdown? No, to buy it down to six and a half. Right now, I just literally, I just did it for minus 130. Okay, well, I mean, but you still put yourself at the risk of all of a sudden there's an official statement, Lamar is back, he's going to practice, and then the line is going to be four. It's going to close four, maybe three, if Lamar is there and looking good. He hasn't looking good? He hasn't played in two months. (laughs) He hasn't played it too. I'll be happy if he shows up. I agree with you. Most likely he's not going to play, but we have not heard. Uh, I'll be glad. Uh, we I'll haven't be, heard I'll, anything. I'll be happy. That'll be happy. Now, RJ, let me come to you because there's a reason I saved you for last. And you talk about how the Bills, it, it is just one of those things where you just got to take whatever the NFL gave you. But the Bengals feel like they're really behind the eight ball because if they win this week and they have to face the Bills, down the road, it would be in Buffalo. So they feel like they got the short end of the stick. Oh, oh no. You're, oh, no. Oh, oh RJ, no. I hope you have $5 on you. Oh, oh Sorry oh, about that. I had a little oh, coughing fit earlier. I wanted to, to mute myself, and then you froze right, on me, so fi- I didn't know what fi- to talk about. The fine is – you're, you're no longer fine. We, we were leaving You the waived the fine for him, but I get I, double fined. He had, a, he had a coughing fit. You but just remember to turn your – <laughs> You're the most competitive uh, you person I know. Go ahead, RJ. You could find me, whatever. I don't care. The, 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 so the Bengals, yeah, they had their their motivation last week thinking they got screwed on that game. And I wonder if that's actually a detriment in this game because they're thinking they just handled the Ravens and they're looking ahead to that Bills game thinking, oh, man, this we should be playing this game at home. And and if that you got to be focused on the opponent in front of you. And it's, and it's when it's when they handled pretty easily last week. I don't know that they're going to be that focused. Um, we'll see what the line is if Lamar's back, if he's ruled out. I kind of want to be on the Baltimore side too. I mean, these teams played a close, low-scoring game in Baltimore early in the season. Even you know, with Lamar back, I think it could be similar. Um, we know that Baltimore defense playing so well. It doesn't look like it last week, but that's because Baltimore with Anthony Brown through two early interceptions set Cincinnati up to get two touchdown drives that started on Baltimore's side of the field. I think it was like 32 yards, 49 yards. Um, and so after that, though, uh, they buckled down. And since these offense had 10 drives and only one of them went longer than 12 yards, they did absolutely nothing after, uh, except for one drive after the, those two interceptions early in the game. They got to a big lead. So Baltimore is a great coaching staff and their defense, um, their great defense defense can keep Baltimore in this game, even if it's it's uh, Huntley, even if Lamar is playing at less than 100%. And we're, we're just assuming it'll be less than 100%. I mean, he's been sitting out. They didn't put him on IR when the, the injury actually happened. Maybe he is close to 100% at this point, and we just haven't seen him in practice yet. So maybe we'll see. Um, I, I think I want to be in this divisional rival. These teams know each other so well, and we have a great coaching staff on the Baltimore side. I want to be on that team catching a lot of points. And RJ, the chat has said you are excused for a medical issue. RJ, <laughs> not Maestro. RJ, they're forgiving you. Ooh. And then Big Cheesy says that's a very Maestro type reaction. No, Joe said that. Boy, you have quite the reputation, Maestro. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. And Maestro was starting with you, the last game of Wild Card Weekend. And I know some teams probably would hate the fact that they have to play on a Monday night, but damn it, I'm here for it. And this is going to be fun. The Cowboys are the favorites heading to Tampa to face the seven-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady. A two-and-a-half, three. It's been bouncing around, total 45-and-a-half. And Maestro, you're on the side, I think, we all should be on if we base it off of what I saw from a dak led Cowboys team in Washington. They looked horrendous. Now they're going on the road, and they're the favorites. Tell me how and what's your pick. They haven't looked good for a while, and that's why I'm glad me and RJ both got on the Bucks when it was plus three, but you've seen all the threes disappear. Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys st- – their offensive line is really letting them down. I mean, Dak is playing poorly, but it's really the O-line. They're not creating a lot of running room, and the pass protection has been really, really bad. Uh, the Terrence Steele going out was a big loss, and now the pass defense is also very shaky, opposite their number one corner since they lost Anthony Brown, uh, the other starter, uh, and they lost some backups too. They're really weak in pass defense, and I thought Tom Brady and Mike Evans finally got going in Week 17 against Carolina. They carried that over to the first half in Week 18, put up 17 points against the Falcons, moved without any issues, and then they rested. So I think the Bucks are trending the right way. The Cowboys are trending the wrong way. The Cowboys are trending how they were at the end of last season. Um, you know, I don't love either coach, but I don't trust Mike McCarthy to all of a sudden, you know, shape them up when he said we didn't really have a good week of practice getting into a game where they still had a shot at the NFC East. I can guarantee you that one of our best bets on Monday night, Mikey, one of them, and probably from A.B., will be on Dak Prescott over half an interception at whatever the number. Can anybody tell me how many straight games Dak has thrown an interception in? I'll say eight. Bing, 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 bing. Close, Maestro. Mikey is right. Eight straight games. And they haven't even been, like, tipped bad. I mean, they've just been bad interceptions. But you love the fact, Mikey, that this game is on Monday night. Why? Yeah, I love that it's the primetime game. Uh, I think it's interesting. Obviously, you get Tom Brady at this point in his career. I, I think he deserves to play the Monday night game, frankly. Uh, and, and it's Dallas. It just it makes all the sense. I'm glad they got it right, in my opinion. Uh, I want this to be the nighttime game, the primetime game. I think the Bucks have a pretty decent advantage in this game. The home field advantage is obviously there. Maestro mentioned Tom Brady and Mike Evans on the same page is a scary, scary combination. It wasn't there for a lot of the season. It appears to be back. That is very scary if you're playing against this team because Tom Brady does not get sacked. He, he doesn't get sacked, and it's going to be tough. We'll see what the officiating crew is in the game. I think that's ultimately going to decide a ton of it, whether or not they're allowed to hold what they're going to call uh, downfield as well. But I like the Bucks coming into this game. My simulation number on it makes this game an absolute pick em. Um, I think there's still tremendous value. If you wanted to tease any game, this would be the game to start with, especially now that it's at two and a half across the market. I would consider teasing Tampa Bay here. Look at what the Dallas defense has allowed recently. You can look at last week if you want, but even before that, Gardner Minshew, who he was okay at times. He wasn't great. That Eagles offense still put up 34 points against this Dallas defense uh, in a road game. Now they're on the road in Tampa. Uh, I think they've got a dogfight on their hands, and uh, I think Tom is probably going to win this one. I agree with you. I cannot believe that the Cowboys are favored. And, RJ, as I come to you, 
when you look at everything that has happened this year, one of the big narratives heading into this game is, is Mike McCarthy playing for his job with Sean Payton sitting right over his shoulder? Do you think he is? Not just Sean Payton sitting over his shoulder, but Dan Quinn getting looks, I'm sure, as a head coach this cycle, too. And and if the Cowboys don't want to lose him, maybe you promote him to uh, to head coach if you, if you don't get Sean Payton. So I think, yeah, he could be in trouble, especially if he does something dumb to lose it, lose a playoff game on national TV, which is certainly in the realm of possibility, having watched him over the years. Um, Tampa Bay dominated Dallas in week one, even before Dak Prescott got hurt. They did have to settle for field goals in that game, which made it a relatively close game in the scoreboard. Um, but that, that I think that was a kind of a harbinger of Tampa Bay's offensive struggles this year, just 25th in yards per play, 25th in points scored, eked into the playoff as an 8-9 and nine team. And three teams since 2010 have made the playoffs with a losing record, all three covered in the wild card round. But two were 10-point dogs because nobody expected anything out of them. And the other was a 6.5-point favorite who was playing Ryan Lindley. So, I mean, this is a very different situation here. I don't think you can take anything out of those those last three games and apply it to this. But you talk about the sack rate, Tampa Bay's offense is actually number one in sack rate. So they might be able to neutralize Dallas' defense's strength here. And that defense has played guard, not just Gardner Minshew, but Josh Dobbs and Sam Howell since the losing to Jacksonville, and they did not look great. So I would like you, I like to the angle of teasing Tampa Bay up as well. I did like it at plus three, wanted to get it before. Before it dropped, um, but I do like the angle of teasing it up. If you can find something to tease it with, whether it's Buffalo, whether it's San Francisco, wherever those lines kind of kind of uh, even out. All right, very very good. By the way, Robert in the chat said it is highly unlikely the Saints will allow Dallas permission to talk to Peyton. Remember, they held his rights for another season due to his contract when he retired. Robert, uh, money talks, and Sean Payton's family lives in Dallas and has for several years. He wants to be around them. Jerry will write a check. Maestro, go. I just want to chime in one more thing about that Dallas pass rush, which is not the same on the road. It's not the same on grass. And Micah Parsons, over 900 snaps played this season. Only two snacks, two sacks in the last six games, only four QB hits. A lot of reports I'm reading is he just doesn't have the same juice right now because they've overused him. You can't do that. You just can't. You can't play 900 snaps, especially when a lot of them don't matter. Take him out on Sunday. All their starters played like the whole game. Why? Why? And they played a bad game. All right, it's that time of the show. Our recap brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook and Casino. We go through our best bets here on a Tuesday. Mikey, take us through yours first, please. Yeah, I've got a three-leg money line parlay this week. We're going to go with the San Francisco 49ers on the money line, pair it with the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. All teams, obviously every team needs to win this week, but all teams set up on their home fields in very favorable matchups, minus 102 on the payout. And all three of those teams firmly believe they are good enough to win the Super Bowl. Maestro, you're up. I'm going to go with the Bucs. They beat the Cowboys handily in week one. They're pretty healthy right now. Mike Evans and Tom Brady are on the same page. The Dallas is fading. They punted double-digit times at Washington in week 18. I just think it's another early exit for the Cowboys, who have not won a road playoff game in 30 years. It's unbelievable. They're still America's team, and they haven't done nothing since the 90s. RJ, you like the first game on the board Saturday. Why? Yeah, I have San Francisco minus nine and a half. I mean, they're scoring 30 plus points in basically every Brock Purdy game at this point. The offense is humming along. Seattle's defense weak at defending the run, which which the 49ers want to do. And the San Francisco defense bounced back, bounced back last week. I think it's going to be a blowout. So give me the Niners. 
Okay, and that is our NFL Wild Card Weekend recap brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook and Casino. Now, we normally end every one of our shows asking what's the number one thing they're looking forward to. We're not going to do that this week. I'm going to put my guys on the spot. I need to know if there was one underdog, one underdog, and I think I know yours, Maestro, that you think will win outright this week or cover the spread, either one. Who's it going to be? Maestro, I'll let you start because you picked one of your best bets is Bucks, but maybe you think somebody else too. No, I'll stick with the Bucks. I think they win. They probably win this game outright. You're just seeing a Dallas team that can't really block up front. They're not creating the running lanes. Dak Prescott is under pressure. The O-line is not the same that we've gotten used to, and that's just causing so many problems. They could not move the ball at all against Washington. I think the Bucks at home with the defense pretty healthy will shut them down. Give me a case for an underdog, Mikey. Yeah, it's the same one. It's the Bucks for me. Um, look, I, I think that RJ kind of nailed it, too. Uh, Tom Brady's not going to get sacked in this game. I think they can neutralize the pass rush. If they do get home, you know what Brady gets? He gets a little preferential treatment when it comes to some of the roughing the passer calls. We <laughs> might see that come into play here in this game. Uh, yeah, I think it's Tampa Bay all the way here. Wow. All right. Are we going to go three for three, RJ? We are not. My worry Ooh. about that game is that uh, it's past Tom Brady's bedtime and he's had <laughs> trouble playing that late at night. So I'm going to pivot and take the Giants. I think the Giants are going to win that game. Uh, I think that they, 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 you know, losing that game against Minnesota earlier in the year, a few weeks back, did not cost them a playoff spot. But I, I know they probably came out of that with a bad taste in their mouth going in Minnesota and almost winning that game already. I think they know they can go beat this team. And um, they're coming off a great time to get healthy, rested. They're going to be ready. They've been preparing for this game for two weeks they're going to go out and win it see this is the game that i targeted too i love the giants and normally in the playoffs i'll buy sometimes up to a point because the games that you guys have already talked about are so tight and i'm going to take a, a coach in brian dable that lit up his third string quarterback last week i'm here for that you're going to light up your third string quarterback for two straight delay of game penalties and i don't think i've ever seen that before two in a row inside the red zone never seen it before it happened, and Brian Dayball didn't like it. Give him to me against the Vikings. Gentlemen, it's going to be a fun week. We're going to be here on Saturday. We will have a primetime show on Saturday. We will have two big shows on Sunday every game. We got you covered from top to bottom. But with that being said, there's only one thing left to do. And I believe you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these NFL tickets straight to the pay window. For my entire crew, love them all. The stoic one, R.J. White, the maestro, and M-squared. I am the coach, Jake the Snake, behind the scenes, always on the ones and the twos. It pays to watch live, always trying to beat the number. That's what we're all about right here at the Early Edge. Good luck. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.